presenter for today is Kathy Donaldson, president of Blind SA. Over to Kathy Donaldson. We will continue with the program for the rest of the morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, today is a special day for us <coughs> for holding the memorial service for Miss Connie Ocom. I'm sure that everybody that is on this virtual is uh, are involved with Connie Ocomp in some way. For example, many of us were her pupils at the School for the Blind. Many of us were involved in friendship with Connie and we really got to know her personally and in organizations and other activities Connie was very active and we um, as Blind SA decided to have a memorial service uh, to uh, commemorate Connie Ocom for all the work she has done for visually impaired people and especially for Blind SA. She was <coughs> the patron of Blind SA and the long life president until she passed away on the 31st of August. It is my duty to welcome you all and to thank you for coming to attend this memorial service. Um, I'm sure that everybody that is here today and attending has the same feeling as I have, that Miss um, Ocom was really a person that formed our characters and really gave her all herself to um, the blind fraternity and to any organization she belonged to. I'd like to welcome um, the uh, Reverend Wilhelm van Deventer. Uh, I would also like to welcome our CEO from Blind SA, Mr. Jace Nair. I'd like to welcome our executive members, of whom many uh, are work pupils of Ms. Ocomp and friends of Ms. Ocomp in uh, our lives. Then I would also like to <coughs> welcome the family, if there are any family members of Ms. Ocomp. I would also like to welcome any other people who were involved in the life of Ms. Ocom and thank you for attending this um, memorial service, which was uh, arranged by Blind SA. I then now will ask Dominic uh, or Reverend Wilhelm von Deventer, please, if you can take over now and continue with the program. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kathy, and good morning, everybody. Let us continue our program with a short prayer. God, we thank you for the gift of life. But we also thank you, Lord, that through death, you save us from senseless suffering and merely existing. And therefore, Lord, we are grateful that we can come together this morning and mourn the passing of Ms. Ocamp, but at the same time celebrate her life so that it can continue to inspire us. Amen. Now, dear friends, our first song of the morning is Abide With Me, and I would just like to very shortly explain something about this song. Um, Andre Fosloer will set it up for us, and it is sung by a Welsh male choir, and different Welsh male choirs have their different versions of these well-known hymns. In this instance, Abide With Me starts off very softly and then slowly but surely increases in volume until it reaches a climax and thereafter it softens again till the end. And we thank Andre and we also welcome everybody to sing along. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
and it will be read in Braille by Susan Baum, an ex-pupil of Miss Ocamp and a very dear fellow school friend during the 60s. Thank you, Susan. Miss Marshall, Hazel, when I read this tribute to Miss Connie, I realized how well you have known her. The tribute is she. Thank you for a beautiful piece of work. Cornelia Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ocamp, 1927 to 2020. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Proverbs 2, verse 10 to 11. When Connie Ocombs, as she was usually known, was born in Stainsburg, Eastern Cape Province, 
where her father was the head of the teacher's training college. On 5 May 1927, no one could have predicted the profound influence her life and work would have on the lives of hundreds of people who came to know her well, and on the progress of many more thousands who would never meet her but would benefit from her work far beyond her death at Worcester on, 9, on 31 August 2020 at the age of 93. Connie, the second child and only daughter of her school teacher parents, was a highly intelligent little girl and always eager to learn. She started school in the mainstream in Stainsburg and then transferred to the School for the Blind, Worcester, at the age of 10. There she proved to be a highly achiever throughout until she matriculated in 1945. After leaving school, she initially studied by correspondence in Worcester and in George, where her parents lived and obtained her BA degree. She then entered the University of Stellenbosch to obtain her master's degree and a diploma in education before being appointed on the staff of her old school in July 1951. She was probably the first blind South African to attend a residential university. She taught Afrikaans, history and English in the higher grades and later Braille mainly to newcomers of any age. Connie Ocamp was an important role model for all her blind and partially sighted pupils and a real example of an independent, high-functioning blind person for her sighted colleagues. She fostered a deep love for history, literature and languages among numerous pupils and taught them many lessons of life. Not only did they regard her as a brilliant, hard-working teacher, but also a special mentor, guide, and friend. Some recall their developing a lasting love of history because she allowed them to choose whether they wanted to achieve distinctions or to enjoy the subject. They chose the latter. Others remember that she had pointed out their individual strengths to them and then created opportunities for their development. Someone else recalls that she taught him that one does not lose one's own identity by cooperating with people of different backgrounds and beliefs. Mutual respect had to be earned and cannot be bought. Former pupils also tell of the way she dealt with those who tried to take advantage of her blindness in the classroom. She seldom reacted strongly to these occasional disturbances. Safe to remark that their exam results would show the extent of their inattention. Barking all the available local American and British professional literature on the education and training of blind children and adults throughout her career, she was always well informed on current trends and thinking in education and training. Despite her superior qualifications, expertise and experience, she never received the promotion she so richly deserved. Before the general acceptance of the concept of reasonable accommodation, the authorities assumed that she would not be able to cope with the administrative tasks associated with senior posts. In 1997, she was appointed as a member of the National Commission on Special Needs Education and Training and of the National Commission for Education Support Services. The work comprised countless hours of preparation by studying extensive documentation participating numerous meetings and conferences and a two-week fact-finding visit to Kenya and Uganda to investigate 
the education of children with disabilities. Together with a small number of fellow commissioners, she swam against the tide of full inclusion. Although she agreed with the philosophy and principles of inclusion, she felt that the one-size-fits-all approach promoted by the majority was far too simplistic. Her constant concern centered on the implementation of the policy and how it would affect visually impaired and deaf learners in particular. She pleaded for a continuing of placement options, which would contain both mainstream and special needs education and the right of parents to choose their children's educational placement once they had been adequately informed of the implications of the relevant options. Furthermore, children with disabilities who were to be placed in mainstream schools had to receive the services of teachers with appropriate training as well as the relevant assistive devices. Over time, she developed a sound knowledge of the nonprofit sector and gave a countless hours of voluntary service each year. This service was suitably recognized by several special awards such as the Gold Medal of Merit from the SA Blind Workers Organization, the World Bowen Award for Lifelong Meritorious Service from the SA National Council for the Blind, and the Excelsior Award from the Department of Health. Her expertise was greatly strengthened by the, part by the participation in a number of international conferences and the journeys abroad to investigate various services for blind people. The first of these was as far, was far back as 1956, when she spent the great part of that year on a course for foreign graduates at the famous Perkins School for the Blind in the USA. Her main involvement in the blindness sector was with the SA Blind Workers' Organization and the SA National Council for the Blind. She served on the executive and on large variety of standing committees of both organizations. Her main interests were braille, education, rehabilitation, and the dissemination of relevant information for the development of blind and partially sighted persons. After her retirement from teaching, she also served on the governing bodies of both the Institute for the Blind and the Pioneer School in Worcester. There, one of her tasks was to assist with the drawing up of a constitution for the school in accordance with the requirements of the New Schools Act. She was always pleased to be recognized as the proposer of the name Pioneer School when the School for the Blind was renamed during its centenary celebrations in 1981. In preparing herself for any task or assignment, she spent many hours in deep thought concerning the matter, carefully considering all relevant aspects, deciding on her own course of action, and then following this through with meticulous attention and steadfast adherence to her planning. She held strong views on most topics, and she was a tough opponent with logical arguments in any debate. She had a strong personality, a razor-sharp intellect, and an almost uncanny insight into most situations. An organization close to her heart was the SA Blind Workers Organization, renamed Blind SA. In the mid-50s, she was appointed chair of an interim committee by the national president, Dani Malan, to revive the Western Cape branch in Worcester, which had become rather stagnant. She always pointed out that the importance of support lay in the fact that its members could approach the needs of blind people based on their own experience. 
1976, she was elected as national president, a position she held for eight consecutive years. From the outlet, she did much to encourage members to concentrate on employment placement, which she frequently pointed out was the sole reason for the establishment of the organization in 1946. In this connection, she also encouraged the relevant committee to arrange a, arrange a number of national conferences on employment. The production of Braille to meet, the other, to meet the needs of the blind adults and the provision of the bursaries for blind students were, in her opinion, the constant, the mainstays of improved employment opportunities. Even after reducing her active involvement in committee work, she retained a keen interest in the affairs of the organization and was its well-respected patron until the time of her death. She played a leading role in the development of Braille locally and internationally in both her professional life and her voluntary activities. This included the publication of a large amount of teaching and learning material for children and adults, the best known being Sespinter and Six Dots. Over many years, she played a major part in the development of Braille codes for all the South African languages. She chaired the SA Braille Authority as well as its predecessors and was the first president um, of the International Council on English Braille from 1991 to 1995. In this capacity and as member of some of its committees, she played a significant role in the development and acceptance of unified English Braille. This prepared the ground for the development of an individual unified Braille code for each South African language. Work was not her only preoccupation. She read widely and took a keen interest in current affairs and politics. She enjoyed literature and poetry, frequent leisure travel, and visiting her many loyal friends, listening to classical music mainly, good food and wine and congenial company. As we say farewell to this truly outstanding South African, we are grateful to know that her legacy will live on. Miss Connie, we in this memorial service salute you today. To have known you was a, gr was a great honor and a great privilege. Thank you. Thank you, Hazel and Susan. And our next song, which Andre will set up for us again, is Amazing Grace. And everybody is again invited to sing along.
aware that people have tuned in this morning might be from a variety of religions and backgrounds. And therefore, I would like to highlight a number of values from the Word of God, from the Bible, out of respect for the fact that Ms. Ocamp was a Christian. But these values cut across all backgrounds and religions. Paul writes in the book of Romans. He spends nine chapters writing precisely about what we've sung now, the grace of God, sometimes in the interchanging it with the word mercy, grace and mercy of God for nine chapters. And then in that chapter 12, he comes and he says, now because of this grace and mercy of which I was writing in nine chapters, what does this now mean practically? And from that, there flows a few values that I regard as important, but also applicable for our occasion of today. Firstly, he says that because of the grace and the mercy of God, I plead with you to give yourselves as living sacrifices. Now, this idea of a living sacrifice starts from the very beginning of the Bible. God created us in his image, and he didn't just leave us to sit and enjoy everything that's around us and uh, which was supplied to us. He said to the people he created, rule over my creation, take care of my creation, work in my creation. And this theme of sacrificial life runs through the whole Bible. But it is not a sacrificial life which means that we should burn ourselves out to the point where we have nothing to give any longer. In the New Testament, Jesus says, we should love our neighbors like we love ourselves. In other words, we should care about our spirituality, our emotions, our physical condition, our intellect, etc. And that is the type of person that Miss Ocomp was. She took very good care of herself in many ways. We've heard some of it in the tribute that Hazel wrote and Susanne read, that she enriched herself by reading widely, by going on leisure trips, visiting loyal friends, and enjoying the good things in life. And it is precisely for that reason that she was able to live a life of sacrificial service. That is precisely why she lived a meaningful life and inspired all of us to follow suit. That we are supposed and live with a purpose, not only for ourselves and our own interests, but that we have been placed on earth to serve others and to serve the environment.
And that can be seen very clearly in the obituary that Hazel wrote and Susanna read. And therefore, I'm not going to repeat everything that we've heard there. But it is very clear that Miss Oakham's life was devoted to others and others' interests, to organizations, to NGOs, and in so many ways, in the interest of particularly people with visual disabilities. She did not simply exist. She lived a meaningful life of sacrifice and service. And when Frank Sinatra died, they asked his daughter Nancy how they felt about his death. She said, obviously, we mourn his death and we're very sad, but we are going to keep him alive through continuing the work of his life. And I think this morning, we who still have the privilege of being alive and have been inspired by Ms. Oakham can say the same, that we have in, indeed lost somebody very special in our lives. But we are not going to allow her death to stop us from continuing the good work that she has done in the interest of blind people. And then Paul carries on and speaks about another value. He says that we should not be compromised to this world. We should not just swim along with the stream. I think if there is one thing that Ms. Ocomp cannot be accused of is that she had always swum along with the stream. Yes, when it made sense, when it worked well, she would go along with the stream. But in many instances, she would take a turn to the left or a turn to the right, or even a turn to the back and swim against the stream because of what she believed in. And there is nothing wrong with that because she, like all of us, have been created by God with our own unique personalities and characteristics. And it is important that we have that secret safety zone within ourselves where we can hide when things get tough, but from where we can also draw inspiration in terms of committing ourselves to service. So she did indeed held very strong beliefs and inspired us with those very same beliefs. But then Paul continues to say, while we should not compromise ourselves to this world, he said, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. And in the tribute we heard, Almas Ocomp continuously was busy with her own mind by reading widely, by exposing her to a variety of people with different backgrounds and beliefs here in South Africa. We've heard 
of uh, trips into Africa, attending conferences all over the world. And one got the impression that she was always in the mode of contemplating something, thinking about something, wondering about something. And that, that enriched her, but it also enriched our minds so that we can also be continuously busy with the renewal of our minds through exposing us to people and things that can guide us towards new insights in order to improve our service to others. And then Paul says that all of this will lead to sober judgments. And again, we've heard in the butchery that she was always well informed, well prepared, and could argue her points very logically and sometimes very firmly and vehemently. But all of that she did in the interest of a sacrificial service to us and to other even unknown blind people that are today and will in future benefit from her life's efforts. And I think that as much as we have lost a very dear former teacher, for others a very dear friend, for others a colleague serving on committees and in organizations, her death reminds us of her life. And her life was an inspiration to all of us in order to continue to be sacrificial servants in the interest of blind people, but also others, the environment, the world around us, as we are experiencing very difficult circumstances, but that we would also not just go along with the flow for the sake of our own comfort, but be willing to take a left or a right or a back turn in order to be a difference that will make a difference. And therefore, allow ourselves to be renewed in our minds by exposing us to other people and other backgrounds and other beliefs and other ideas so that we can be able to pass sober judgment when we are needed in situations where it serves the interests of people and of the world. And just to end with, the tribute referred to the good things that Ms. Okop enjoyed in life, amongst others, good food and wine. Now, many years ago in the 80s, I had to go down to Worcester for a funeral, and I then arranged with her that I would like to spend some time over a cup of coffee with her. She then invited me to come and visit her about five or six o'clock in the afternoon. 
But she said I should have a very good lunch because she's not going to cook for us. She'll just have a few snacks. Got there, and as you know, when you visit Miss Oakcomb, there's not a lot of small talk. You immediately get into stuff that you agree with and disagree with. And in the middle of one of the sentences, she stood up and she said, listen, you are a minister of religion, eh? I said, yes, I am a minister of religion. She said to me, it's time for Holy Communion. Our last song is God be with you till we meet again.
May the love of God, our Father, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest upon the legacy of Miss Ocamp and be with all of us until we meet again. Amen. Amen. We will now request Mr. Ncaweni Nchituni, the Vice President of Blind SA, to do the word of thanks. Thank you, Ncaweni. Thank you, Reverend. Uh, good morning, colleagues. Good morning, friends. It is indeed a joyous day that we today meet here and celebrate the life of a stalwart in many respects, as demonstrated by previous speakers. My duty today is to say thank you, but I should start off thanking the person we are celebrating today for having given us her life. When the tribute was read, you might have realized that the writer of the tribute, Ms. Hazel Marshall, knew quite acutely that Ms. Ocamp had a duty that was even felt by those that are quite afar. Some of us have read about her when we were reading the six dots and the suspend as, as uh, the tribute had said, we were quite fascinated to have read the name itself, not knowing that someday we would meet her and someday we would be working where she was working and someday we would be walking the path she walked. And this is the person we are celebrating. We thank the family of Miss Ocamp that has given as her daughter, I mean his daughter, uh, to can be can be the light. I would want to thank the president of Bland SA, who welcomed everybody who is in attendance today. I should not also forget to thank the Reverend who took us through the procession of celebrating this stalwart. I would be not doing my duty if I do not thank the audience. You, who conducted yourself so very well during these proceedings. I trust that this celebration, which came in a form of a memorial service, shall remain meaningful and shall remain resonating with us going forward in our lives. The legacy Ms. Ocamp leaves shall live with us for eternity. And we would have learned what it means to be a leader in the society of the marginalized. I trust that we are going to be sharing this memory of Miss Ocamp going forward. And in these few words, colleagues, I was as well given a task after thanking you all to bring to the end this memorial service. So I do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you from Blind SA for joining us in this memorial service for the late Mrs. Connie Orkam. The recording is available from Blind SA, www.blindsa.org.za. The telephone 011-839-1793. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.